The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Diana Clark, and I'm quite happy to be here and to be sharing the Dharma in this way. For those of you who have been here on Thursday nights, we're going to do something a little bit different. That is that I'm going to talk a little bit about supports for mindfulness. I'll talk about it first, and then uh, we'll practice. Then I'll talk a little bit afterwards, and then I'll leave plenty of time for some Q&A. So there can be some um, interaction. You can ask some questions. Also, I will be offering... a one-on-one practice discussions before this time uh, each week. And you sign up the preceding week. That is, today, you can sign up for next Thursday to meet with me at either 6.15 or 6.45. And the sign-up sheet is on the clipboard that's um, at the stage there. Also, on the IMC website, there's a number of us now who are offering practice discussions. This is a relatively new thing. So I'm not sure how many, maybe four or five of us. So there are different uh, time slots during the day. So um, if you wanted to meet with me, you could sign up also there on the IMC website or with some other people as well to get some one-on-one support for your practice. Okay. So mindfulness, it's, um, for many of you know, it's actually not too complicated. That is that we have an object that we choose. We set the intention to uh, rest our awareness, rest our attention on a particular object. It's very common that we use the sensations of breathing as the object. So we have the the object, and then when the mind wanders, we simply bring it back to the object. Of course the mind wanders. This is what our minds do. We spend all day long thinking, and we spend time uh, solving problems. So of course when we first sit down, our mind doesn't stay there. And so with mindfulness practice, so we have this object. Often it's the sensations of breathing. I'm gonna, and I'll lead us through that later today. When our mind wanders, we bring it back. Very simple. If something's compelling, if that is like a, a really uncomfortable sensation in the body, maybe some difficult emotions, maybe some uh, thoughts that have a real uh, compelling or... Uh, what's the word, almost like compulsive quality to them. Instead of uh, trying to wrestle with them or struggle with them, we just make them the object. So maybe we have, uh, doing mindfulness of breathing, just say there's an uncomfortable sensation in the knee, I'm just making this up, and we just turn towards the uncomfortable sensation in the knee and feel that and be with that and just have that be the object. When it's no longer compelling, we come back to the breath. So we are changing the objects based on 
what's like predominant, what are predominant experiences, the compelling experiences. And of course there'll be times when we're completely lost in thought and we're not uh, aware of anything in particular. So I'm presenting this like, oh, a piece of cake. <laughs> right? It's pretty simple. It's not too complicated. But those of you who have done practice, you'll realize it's not so easy to have our attention rest on a particular object. So sometimes there can be, when we sit down to meditate, or even if we're doing meditation in daily life, we can have this um, a sense that things, it's not going smoothly. It's not going smoothly at all. Instead, there's a sense of a struggle. There's a sense of kind of like a fighting or a wrestling or a resisting or a complaining or, you know, like just something that's not quite right. That may be our predominant experience or it may be subtle kind of in the background, like this just feeling of not having ease. Kind of like, okay, we're going to be on the breath, dang it. You know, that kind of a, that feeling. So, just like how we have an, the object and then we turn towards what's compelling, when you feel like there's a sense of struggle, when there's, and when it's not going smoothly, when there's a real sense of resistance, we can, instead of making that a problem, or wishing that that would go away, we can turn towards that itself and notice like, oh, there's a sense of struggling happening and ask ourselves a question. What am I not accepting? What am I not accepting? It's kind of what the struggle is about, is that we're trying to like, push something away or we're trying to pretend that something isn't there or we wish something weren't there or some version of this of not accepting. So this does two things. First, just asking the question in a kind of an open-hearted way. Not We're asking the question to as a way to kind of, that's a way to bring us to what's actually happening. Like, oh, what am I not paying attention to? What am I not accepting? Then we're there in the moment and there's this slight little kind of like opening up to like, hmm, what's going on here? What's happening? You may or may not get an answer. The point of asking the question is not to find the answer. You may find an answer point of asking the question is it's a way to kind of like interrupt the struggle and to find, to come to the present moment and to kind of open up and feel into what's going on? What's happening here? What am I not accepting? What am I not allowing? This is what struggle is in meditation practice. So It may mean that um, asking the question brings us to the present moment, and it may mean that in the present moment is something uncomfortable, right? It wouldn't be surprising. 
Often we don't want to accept things that are uncomfortable, or we don't want to allow things that are uncomfortable. Maybe a feeling in the body, maybe an emotion. But there's something that happens that when we turn towards something that we have been um, trying to ignore, there's a little, sometimes it's really loud, sometimes it's subtle, this feeling of relief, of stopping the wrestling and fighting with reality. The reality of the moment is something uncomfortable is happening. And there can be sometimes a little joy, like, oh, okay, this is what's happening doesn't mean you're going to like it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy and pleasant and beautiful. But you're not adding that extra thing of, I wish this thing would go away. You're not adding that on. Instead, you're turning towards what's actually happening. And so this idea of kind of turning towards and then accepting or allowing what's actually happening is the way forward. It's the way I had to end the struggle and to find some ease. So it doesn't mean that we're condoning our experience. It doesn't mean we're justifying our experience. We're not saying that we love our experience, that it's exactly what we want. We're not doing any of that. We're just simply giving our experience permission to be there. Because it's already there. So instead of kind of trying to push it away or shove it aside, we're just giving it permission. We're just allowing it to be there. But it's natural. You may ask, well, uh, how do we reconcile this idea of accepting and allowing? And I really want it to be different. This is kind of what the struggle is about, Right? So how do we reconcile these two things of giving it permission, allowing, accepting, and this wish, desire, intention for things to be otherwise, for things to be different? This can be on a really small scale. I wish I didn't have that feeling in my knee. Or it could also be in a really big scale. How can I um, accept some of the inequities I see in the world when I really wish they were different? So both on the small and on the big scale. Well, in any moment, in every moment, there are always two things happening. There's our experience, and there's our relationship to that experience. I like it, I love it, I hate it, I don't want it. Or maybe a sense of kind of delusion or disconnection, like uh, I'm not quite sure. Is there... They're all just flavors of these three things, all of our reactions of some leaning in, I want more, pushing away, I want less, or feeling like a little bit confused and not even really quite connected. So if we, there's the experience in our reaction to it, so the kind of the way that we feel about the experience. We often, we can't change the experience very often, whether it's our boss telling us something terrible, whether it's the sensation in the knee, whether, you know, whatever it is. But we can work with our reaction to it. And if we can notice our reaction, then we will discover that often it's our reaction to the experience 
that's fueling the experience, that's often keeping it there, often it's our entanglement with what's happening that somehow keeps it there. Struggling with struggle means there'll be more struggle. But if we can somehow make a little bit of space between our reaction and what's actually happening, then it gives room for the experience to do what every single experience does. Every single experience arises and passes away. Right? Nothing is forever. And I'm not telling you exactly what the time span is, but things that have the nature to arise have the nature to pass away. But if we're busy, like hating, 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 pushing it away, trying to ignore it, then it kind of stays there. We're fueling it. We're kind of like recreating it again and again and again. But if we can find some acceptance, some allowance, some space, then this thing will arise and pass away. It may be that this arising and passing away is happening very quickly. That instead you might see that there's a little flickering of the experience. Or you might see that there's uh, some intensity. It gets stronger or it gets uh, weaker. But even that, noticing that it's fluctuating, that it's changing, that can also support our, uh, a shift in our relationship. Yes, I'm experiencing sadness. But then if, and I don't want to feel sadness, I hate sadness, I've been, I'm afraid of sadness, I felt sad before, I spent all year being sad, and I don't want to be sad anymore. But if we can just relax, we can accept a little and have the, our relationship to it soften, then we can notice like, oh, sometimes I'm not sad, sometimes I'm lost in a memory about uh, something that happened earlier today. Sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. Sometimes I am planning what I'm going to do tomorrow. We start to notice that the sadness has some fluidity to it. And when we start to notice that, then there can be a little bit more ease and things can change. So in this way, this is how we can kind of reconcile this idea of accepting, allowing, and this idea that we want them to be different. But we have to be careful because there's a trap here. That if we are just paying attention or if we're just uh, uh, acknowledging or recognizing, in order to make it go away, in order to uh, make it change or in order to have it go away, that's just a kind of maybe more sophisticated version of uh, aversion. So there has to be a real kind of softening and letting go and experiencing what's actually happening. And we can check in. This is so common. All of us will do this. All of us will do this. Like, I'm paying attention to it. Why isn't it going away yet? You know, there's that little feeling, right? So then you'll notice, like notice how you, the tone of voice that I used when I did that. You may notice this tone of voice in your own mind too. Like, "Mm, why is it still here? Paying attention to it. So that can be a little signal that, oh, okay, I'm not completely allowing. I'm not completely accepting. So struggle 
is a way that can show us that we're not accepting, we're not allowing. And then as best you can, can you soften, can you open up and say, what am I not accepting, what am I not allowing? Most likely it's something unpleasant. Sensation in the body, thoughts, emotions. As best you can, can you be with it? Can you allow it to be there? Now here are some tools to help to be there with this uh, kind of uncomfortable experience. One is to make a little mental note. Some of you may already do this as a practice, but if not, you can kind of explore and play with this. Somehow just saying, oh, sadness, or a throbbing sensation in my back. Just a very simple mental note. And you may have to say this a number of times, throbbing, 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 throbbing. But there's something somehow making the note which helps us to get a little bit less tangled up with it. Gets a little bit of space. So that's one tool, is to make a mental note. Very gentle, simple. And if you notice that your note is like, throbbing, throbbing, you know, that's a note like, okay, that's struggle again. Can, can I relax that? And in fact, it's quite something. If you can intentionally note with a certain kind of acceptance allowing, it can work the other way. Like noting with a certain kindness and warmth can shift our experience too. So that's one tool that you can use to be with what's uh, uncomfortable. A second one is something that Gil Fronstall kind of uh, developed. Um, and we teach it, we started teaching it, I think maybe just this past year, in the, for the intro class. And it's uh, this acronym RAFT. R-A-F-T. It's a play on words, too, for those of you who know some of the Buddhist teachings, the idea that you can take a raft, uh, like, over the floods or the difficulties to the other shore and find some ease, peace, well-being, liberation, awakening on the other shore. So here's a raft. R. Recognize. Recognize that you're struggling or recognize what's happening. A, allow, accept, just as I've been talking about. This part of the, um, maybe I'll say one more thing about um, accepting or allowing, is that uh, I know that when I heard this from a meditation teacher, it really had an impact on me. doesn't mean it'll have an impact on you, but for me it did. This idea that whatever we are experiencing is legitimate. Of course it's legitimate, because it's actually happening. I had somehow been thinking, like, this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be here. But it is here. And so if we can turn towards that. R is recognize. A is allow. F is feel. Most often this means feel in the body. Come back to the sensations of the body, not our ideas about what's happening, not our ideas about feelings, but as best you can. Is it a tightness? Is it a sharpness? Is it a throbbing? Is there a 
closeness. I'm going like this with my hands. Maybe you don't even have words, but maybe it's something like some constricted feeling. So using the body is really helpful, can be really helpful because of course the body is always here in the present moment, but it's our minds that are often having the stories and we're thinking this is never going to go away or I'm a bad person because this is experiencing, whatever our stories might be. But in the body, there, there aren't those types of stories, right? There's just kind of the truth of the moment. So we can really use the body to support us. So as best you can, Feel the bodily, the somatic experience of that moment. Tea. Tease apart. So what is there to tease apart? A few things. And it can be whatever is most accessible makes more sense to you. One, we can tease apart our experience with what's happening in the body, this sharp sensation in the knee, constriction in the heart with our ideas about it. Dang it, this knee problem, I used an extra cushion and it's still here and it's always going to be here and when this dang bell going to ring because this pain in my knee is not going to stop. Right? If we can soften the idea of the mind and be with the bodily sensations. So tease apart the difference between the body and the mind. We can also tease apart what's actually happening from our response to what's happening, our reaction to what's happening. Often what's happening we can't do anything about. Our reaction we can. An invitation here, as best you can, to your reaction to kind of open and allow and accept as best you can. And in that way it allows what's actually happening to, you can discover the fluidity, you can see it arising and passing away, and maybe it'll transform into something else. But it can't transform as long as we're like fighting with it. So R-A-F-T, raft, recognize, allow, feel, and tease apart. This is another tool that we can use to be with what's difficult. Okay. So I think with that as an introduction, I'll do a little bit of a guided meditation. I'll speak, I'll guide us through uh, a certain amount, and then I'll be silent for a certain amount too, so you can do your own practice, you can explore in your own way, kind of like combining a little bit of guided and unguided. So we'll start by taking an alert, upright posture. A posture that has ease, but also some dignity and some uprightness, that has some comfort as well as alertness. It's not uncommon for this time of the day at the end of the evening to feel some tiredness. So it may be helpful to like put a little extra effort in the uprightness to help support some alertness in the body, in the mind. Alertness in the body can support alertness in the mind. I like to begin with three long, slow breaths. This is a way to kind of connect with the body, kind of this exaggerated movement. 
make it easier to find the breath. And of course, longer breaths can help support some relaxation, some letting go. Then we can bring the breath back to normal and trusting that the body knows how to breathe. We do not have to do anything special. This practice, we just allow the body to breathe itself. And then to support some relaxation, some ease, can bring our awareness to those areas of the body that often hold tension. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, our bringing awareness to these areas allows a certain amount of softening or letting go. We're not trying to make tension go away. We're just allowing it to soften if that's what's going to happen. For example, it's very common to hold some tension around the eyes. Around the jaw. Sometimes it can be helpful to tuck the chin just a tiny bit and open up the, the neck a little bit underneath the skull. Just a small, just a really small movement. Check in with the shoulders and allow the shoulder blades to slide down the back. the chest and the belly. Can there be some softness? Can there be some letting go, allowing of ease? Again, we're not trying to make this happen. We're not trying to force it to happen. We're just creating the conditions in which there might be some more ease. And if not, that's okay. Can you find some ease with the lack of ease? You can feel the pressure of the chair or a cushion against your body. Feeling grounded. Kind of trust that you're here. Here, now. Check in with the legs and the feet. Feel your feet on the ground. And the arms and the hands, very often the hands are a place of tension where we express or hold tension. And then we'll begin with bringing our attention to the sensations of breathing. So that is the movement of the abdomen or 
the movement of the chest or the feeling of air going in and out of the nose. You can choose whichever feels the most accessible, the most supportive. And just rest your awareness on the differing sensations there as you breathe. Most likely you've been thinking all day, solving problems, doing things. So of course the mind gets lost in thought. We don't have to make this a problem. Just very gently, simply, you can bring your awareness back to the sensations of breathing. find yourself lost in thought, and just in a very kind way, begin again. What does it feel like to have an in-breath? What does it feel like to have an out-breath? What does it feel like to have the transition between an in-breath and an out-breath? Can you give yourself over to just being with the sensations of breathing? 
So now that we're stabilized a little bit, settled a little bit, if you find that there's a sensation that's really compelling, or you find that there's a struggle, that somehow there's a real resistance or a sense of wrestling, there's a struggle, you can ask yourself, what am I not accepting? If maybe it's clear there's something compelling, you can just very simply, gently bring your attention to what's compelling. Maybe that simple act of bringing your awareness to what's compelling causes that experience to shift and change and it's no longer compelling. And just very simply bring your awareness back to the sensations of breathing. So you can always come back here, use this as an anchor. Maybe what wasn't being accepted or being allowed is is uncomfortable. You can recognize what, what is it, what's happening. Perhaps a very simple mental note. It's helpful, you can stay with noting. Just very gently repeating as long as the experience is there. And then can you allow, can you accept, can you give it permission to be there? Can you stop wrestling with reality? It is there. It is happening. It can be helpful to feel it in the body. Very often the feelings in the body are very dynamic. So they're fluctuating and they may not even be so clear Can you tease apart the physical sensations from the mental experience? (coughs) What's actually happening is different than the stories we have about what's happening. So if ever you get lost or you're confused or you're not quite sure what's happening, very simply, gently come back to the sensations of breathing. This can be a refuge.
So in a relaxed, simple way, just being with our experience. When something is difficult or uncomfortable, you can use a tool, R-A-F-T. It's okay if you don't remember it all. It's okay if you can't remember the words are in the right order. As best you can, you can recognize, allow, feel, feel in the body, and tease apart the physical from the mental, and tease apart what's happening from our reaction to what's happening. And we can use struggle wrestling, complaining, resisting as feedback that, oh, there's something here that I'm not paying attention to. Recognize as best you can, allow as best you can, feel as best you can, and tease apart as best you can. So I'll be silent now so you can practice in your own way. You may find there's a little bit of struggle going on. When is this going to end? When is that bell going to ring? Maybe not. Can you practice? Can you settle back, open up to what's this feeling of maybe it's uncomfortable? As best you can, can there be some acceptance, some allowance of this moment right here? And then to end this meditation, you can feel the pressure of the chair or the cushion against your body. Feel your feet on the ground. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes.
So the clearer that we recognize uncomfortable experiences, whether they're uncomfortable because of physical sensations or what's happening in our mind or some emotions, the more we will become familiar with them, and the more that we become familiar with them, the less we become a little bit tangled up and we can, like, oh yes, okay, there's this experience again. With that can come a certain amount of confidence, some self-confidence. I survived this the last time I experienced this. And then so the more we have some self-confidence and some familiarity, then the less that these uncomfortable sensations will unduly influence us, the less they will push us around. Often we say things or do things just because we're feeling uncomfortable and we want to feel better. But maybe it would be better if we could be quiet or allow some more space or just be with what's happening. I suspect the things that we've done that we have regret or remorse over are because we felt uncomfortable or we were confused or somehow not really present with what was happening. So the more that we can recognize uncomfortable experiences and become familiar with them and gain some confidence with them, then our relationship to them shifts. They may still be uncomfortable. I can't say that we're going to stop having uncomfortable experiences, but our relationship starts to shift. And when our relationship shifts, then the suffering can drain out of the uncomfortable experience. That is, it still may be uncomfortable, but it's not so much of a problem that has to be fixed. It's just uncomfortable. This may sound like a radical idea, like, okay, can things be uncomfortable and we not have aversion towards them, that we not push them away? And the answer is yes. Yes, we can kind of increase our capacity for equanimity kind of hold the uncomfortableness, hold a bigger view and just allow, I keep on using this word, uncomfortable, difficult, sometimes the word is afflictive experiences. And then in that equanimity, of course, a lot of wisdom can arise and the best version of ourselves. So in this way, when we're struggling, you can, you know, use any word rather than struggle. Sometimes for me, I I find myself doing a certain amount of complaining in my mind. It shouldn't be like this. Sometimes that spills out when after the end of the meditation too, and I'm complaining about all kinds of things that I don't need to complain about. But so sometimes that's how the struggling shows up for me. Is this kind of a little bit of complaining. So when we find this in our experience of meditation or even elsewhere, we just ask ourselves, what is it that we're not noticing? What are we not accepting? What are we not allowing? And sometimes just that simple act of asking is sufficient. Sometimes not, and we may end up facing something uncomfortable. And then we can use tools to help us to be with it. 
And the more that we can be with things that are uncomfortable, the more we can develop equanimity in our capacity to be with uncomfortable things. And with that, the quality of our life starts to change and shift definitely. Then we can be with a dear friend, a loved one who got a terrible diagnosis or terrible news or didn't get the job they wanted. And we can just hold that and be with that and support them instead of trying to get in there and fix it and tell them things that maybe they don't want to hear. So the tool of raft, recognize, allow, feel, feel in the body. Allow the body to be a container. In some ways, the body is a bigger container than the mind. The mind can kind of get constricted and get like ruminating and we get stuck on something we go around to maybe have this experience. The body can be a little bit bigger and can hold it. So feel in the body. And then to tease apart, to differentiate between actually uh, the physical experience from the mental experience. And also to tease apart what is the experience from our reaction to the experience. So in this way, struggle can be feedback. It can be a way that can support our practice. Instead of an indicator that uh, of how we are as meditators. Instead, we can just like, oh, struggling's happening. Okay, I can use this. So now I'd like to open it up to some questions or comments or observations. So I'm not sure how to define it. I don't so much feel as though I'm struggling, but it's more like my mind is a lava lamp. You know, bloop, bloop. Disparate, unimportant thoughts. I was thinking about a woman's eyebrows I saw today, for example. Um, So... I just try to go back to my breathing, but that that seems to go on pretty constantly for me. And do you think that it should be otherwise? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd like it. To, uh, there's no. It doesn't seem to be any struggle there. There doesn't seem to be anything compelling. It just seems to be like a lava lamp. Yeah. So in this way, it could be helpful to use a, a, a note, like thinking, and just to kind of like take some of the the juice out of the thinking, or this little feeling like, oh, it seems like it's irrelevant and not important, and why is this happening? Just maybe as kind of this little mental note of like thinking. You can use that as a tool, and maybe the then it's easier to let it go. But if you, I mean, that is the reality of what's happening, and... I guess it's one thing that strikes me, and I, I don't know, you didn't say this, so I, I'm just a sense of this feeling like, well, I, that should, you should be concentrated, or the mind shouldn't be having these types of thoughts or something. So is there a way in that you can 
open up and say, and there's, that this is what's happening, that is, can you see if there's a subtle feeling, this subtle kind of wish, just wish this would go away, wish this would stop. And this is very, this can be really subtle. And just, is there a way to open up to it and just like, well, if this is going to be the rest of my meditation period, the rest of the day, that's okay. I can be with it. doesn't mean it matches your preferences and it doesn't mean it's pleasant. But is there a way that there can be a little bit more kind of accepting, mm-hmm. allowing? Sure. Thanks. Yeah, because in this way, right, there's this experience and then our re- reaction to it. Often our reaction to it somehow kind of keeps the experience there in, in some way, kind of fuels it. You're welcome. We have over here. Yeah. Um, is it on? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. I'm grappling with a question uh, about something in my practice um, that is probably quite common. Um, And it has to do with, um, as we're always discussing, um, we are, there are thoughts, feelings that are arising and passing away. Um, Some may arise more frequently or and some may pass away take a much longer time for them to pass away um but we have we we're in an encounter we we're in encounters with these thoughts and feelings and sensations and so forth and um uh you know we talk about potentially noting them or and you know thinking about it in terms of insight meditation we're really trying to, in some respect, understand something about them. Um, and so the question becomes, how far do you go? And when do you stop? And so, for example, you use the term today, and other teachers talk about it differently, but you said, when it's no longer compelling, return. But what if it continues to be compelling? <laughs> and so, you know, there's a, it's, it's kind of a, a quandary. Yeah. So um, can you help me understand, when you say that we're trying to understand it, what do you mean by that? Well, yeah, I don't mean understand it uh, per se, but to recognize it, identify it. I mean, uh, my understanding is that ultimately we're... Um, I mean, in some sense, we are trying to understand what is coming up and um, what, at a very, you know, and ultimately at a very deep level. Yeah. So I would say uh, recognize, to recognize, is a little bit different than understand because this is just my thinking that to understand means that we um, are somehow kind of like figuring it out. And like solving it, like how did this get here, and what does it mean, and something like that. And that's not what we're doing. No, I don't mean that. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So your question is, 
When is it, how do you know it's no longer compelling, or what, how far? In effect, um, uh, it may be something that is, you know, you're, you could go on recognizing it um, or identifying it um, for a very long period of time. Yeah, so there's, uh, you could spend the whole meditation period on one particular thing. Let's say you had this terrible uh, conversation with somebody that's really disturbing earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So you could have, like, you can notice, maybe start with the breath. I'll just use this as an example. So breath, memory, breath, breath, memory, memory, breath, breath, memory, sound, pain, memory, sound, pain, breath, 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 memory, sound, pain, planning, planning, planning. Mm -hmm. So what you'll notice is this memory isn't as constant as you think that it is. Mm -hmm. It's there and it's prevalent. But when you're kind of like being, it it is compelling, but it's not the only thing that's happening. And so part of the insight, quote-unquote, that happens is to notice it's not as static as we might think it's not as um i'll just use this word static in fact our experience is really dynamic and very fluid lots of things are happening Mm -hmm. and so it may be that an entire meditation period has a lot of this memory but it won't be the only thing as we start to recognize and as the mind starts to settle down a little bit more it'll start to recognize all kinds of things that are happening mm-hmm. at the same time and then just as the um as we start to kind of also recognize or notice the the dynamic nature of it some of the suffering and the compelling nature drains out as we start like oh yeah okay this again okay yeah that again is that helpful does that make sense I don't know. Do you want to ask it again? I just think there's this, um, you know, understanding and accepting everything you just said. um, I think there is this moment, however long it is, where you are encountering and engaging a thought, a feeling, uh, whatever it may be, a phenomenon. And... Um, it, it's just not it, it's just not clear where where do you stop as once again when is it no longer compelling and you know it could is two seconds too long or is there no, is nothing too long um, is there no you know and so yeah. how much is invested in that encounter so that's all that's all I'm I saying see. I yeah. see Yeah, so maybe you can use this as a guideline. A, there is no exact right answer, which probably I suspect you know. Mm -hmm. And two, it stops being compelling when it's no longer useful to pay attention to it. Yeah, well, that's a good good answer. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything? Any other comments? Questions? So talking about compelling. um, Sometimes when I have a pretty strong emotion, uh, part of me 
I, I can kind of split my mind. Part of me is completely caught up in the emotion, but another part of me can just kind of stand back to the side and look at it, observe. Oh, I'm feeling this emotion uh, without judgment, and and then it can die away more quickly. But other times, um, my entire self is caught up in the emotion, and I'm not able to stand back and just observe it. Um, and then the emotion can last a long time. I think this just means that I haven't meditated enough. <laughs> but what do you think? Any thoughts? That you haven't meditated enough? You know, some emotions that are difficult, I keep using this word, uncomfortable, are completely appropriate. Grief, of course, we feel sad. There are sad things that happen to us. We don't have to make it go away. Sometimes we get lost in it. Sad things happen. I'm thinking of anger or okay. fear. Okay. Those, those are yeah, same with sometimes anger. Right? There are injustices in the world. There are terrible things that happen. I think part of the beauty of uh, mindfulness meditation is that like while we're here in the meditation posture, we can experience the anger without it being a problem and without necessarily acting it out. Probably you know this, Bill, right? So does this mean that you haven't meditated enough? I, don't, I think that... Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I want to say no. I want to say emotions are a part of our life, and we don't want to turn ourselves into something that doesn't experience emotions. What the difference is, maybe, is with some meditation, is that we can have a little bit more space so that we're not acting out unskillfully, and we're and as we have more practice, we act out or respond to them in a more and more skillful way. Doesn't mean that we don't sometimes get completely lost in them, and so so maybe it's kind of hopeless. I'm going to be caught up in this emotion for <laughs> a while. I mean, just completely. But because I've meditated enough, I, I don't necessarily act on it. I can at least see that it's not wise to, to to act out. Yeah, of course, it's natural to think that okay, if as long as I meditate long enough and do it well enough, then I won't have these painful emotions again. If of course we have this idea, but we are human, and awful things happen in the world, right? These two things, right? We can't change this. But what happens is some of the, um, I used this expression earlier, some of the suffering dra- drains out of the unpleasantness. It still will be unpleasant and uncomfortable, but it stops being so much of a problem. It stops being like, yes, this is uncomfortable. It doesn't match my preferences. But this is what's happening. And somehow our capacity to hold it and to be with it, and even when we're lost in it, somehow our capacity to not be reactive and do unskillful, potentially harmful things with it grows. But it doesn't make them go away, and it doesn't make that it means that we'll never be caught up in things. Does, is that helpful? It is. It makes sense. Thank you. You're welcome. Are there any more comments or questions?
um, feel very much like what others have said so far. And what keeps me coming back here and continuing to try to meditate is that I think I'm a little bit better at it than I used to be. <laughs> a little bit. And that has to be okay. That has to be enough because tomorrow maybe I'll be a little bit better than today. That's what keeps me showing up. And so how are you defining better? A little more peace. Oh. Yeah. A little more. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Of course we meditate because we want peace ease, relaxation, freedom. But so much about what this is, is right, we have you know the object and then the mind wanders. And just this ability to come back, to come back, to come back, to come back. Just the capacity to come back, to set an intention to move that. This is really powerful. This is really powerful. So it's tempting to measure our meditation by how much ease and peace we have. It's perfectly reasonable, legitimate to do. But I don't think we should underestimate how benefit it is to kind of like be training the mind, because of course the mind is going to wander, just to very simply come back to what's actually happening. So that then the skill of coming back to what's actually happening can support us in our daily life when things are difficult and uncomfortable or we're unsure what to do. We can just come back to the moment and often when we're here experiencing what's happening, then the best versions of ourselves can show up as opposed to being lost in thoughts and stories and ideas. So I don't blame you for wanting to think that, okay, better means you have more ease. But I think we can also think just that our capacity to come back is a big part of what meditation is about. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so we'll end a little early, and I wish you all a wonderful evening, and may you, may your meditation practice support you as you discover some supports for your meditation practice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>